0: Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, Sure Top Roofing has been covering Triangle Homes and Businesses. Sure Top Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers providing a 50-year non-pro rated warranty. Suretop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureToproofing.com. Suretop Roofing has you covered.
1: Sure Top Roofing presents the Carolina Contractor with your host, Donnie Blanchard. Brought to you by GAF Roofing. Shingles and materials. We protect what matters most.
2: And it's a wonderful Saturday afternoon. The first... Saturday of spring. It's the Carolina Contractor Show. You can get more information at the website,
3: thecarolinacontractor.com. Donnie's in here today. Enjoying the weekend? I am. I hope this weather will stick around for a change, and it's just been back and forth, so you never know what to expect. And I've been going through a little something called weather app anxiety, where Mm. I punched a button on my phone, and I'm just not ready for what I may or may not see. So hopefully that's just going to be warm weather from here on out, and we'll just push right on through with plenty of good work days.
2: Yep, and the Carolina Contractor Show, what we talk about is all sorts of things about your house, from the roof down to the foundation, inside, outside. Donnie has tons of experience with uh, issues that affect your house and, of course, building houses from the ground up. Last week, we talked about custom and track-built homes. We talked about gutter guards. We talked about self-healing concrete. Earlier in the week, we had rain. We've had a lot of rain this year, and we're going to have more rain, spring showers, summer showers, summer storms, moisture can greatly affect a house, especially in the foundation or in the crawl space. And one of the things you want to talk to people about today, about their houses, is conditioned crawl
3: spaces. Yes, sir. We get this question so frequently that I thought it would be important to get it out there and just talk about the what, how, and why, and, of course, how much for these conditioned crawl spaces. And they're gaining popularity in the South, but a vented crawl space has been what was traditional for years and years. And the difference between that and this condition crawl space is that the condition crawl space is fully encapsulated, meaning... There's 100% coverage that goes for the crawlspace floor, the crawlspace walls, and then, of course, the transition to the seal plate, which is the first wood member of the framing package. But this is uh, important because under your house, in most cases, uh, that's where your air handler is located. That's where your plumbing lines are located. And, of course, insulation, which doesn't sound like a working member of your house, but it still provides a a really important function there. And the way that that moisture, if you have a vented crawlspace, the moisture is just free to roam throughout that crawl space, and maybe the first five years, you don't see anything different. But after five to ten years or so, you get under your house, and you see that the insulation is sagging, and basically everything looks kind of damp, and it's just not a good look under there. A conditioned crawl space basically solves that problem. So what you're doing with a vented is your crawl space is exposed to every element except rain, if you think about it that way, and... This conditioned crawl space basically closes everything off from the moisture or the elements. And just like it's called, it's conditioned. So you will have a single supply that you would tap into, and some people call it robbing air from the first floor. Mm. But normally the supply duct that you would put in there is very small, and you're basically just trying to create a positive pressure. So that air or wind that is pushing on your house and trying to infiltrate it, meaning that's how your heat loss or gain occurs, then it doesn't let that happen. So... The the how is basically the technician or we do this on several of our houses and every house that we have going now under new construction or are, are conditioned crawl spaces, but you go into the house and the first step is to put a six mil and this is the minimum but a six mil plastic down on the crawl space floor. I think you remember last week we covered a guy that wanted to put down his own vapor barrier. Mm-hmm. Well, that being said, and I'll say this as a disclaimer A lot of floor manufacturers recommend at least an eight mil at a minimum. And I think availability wise, 10 mil is easier to get than the eight. So for just pennies more, you can upgrade to a 10 mil down there. And that, that basically eliminates any possibility of any moisture that would evaporate into the crawl space. And of course that goes into your hardwoods and that sort of thing. And, I would recommend a 10 mil as a base layer, vapor barrier, in a conditioned crawl space. But what they do is put that plastic down and turn the plastic up the walls, either to cover the entire wall or a portion of the wall, depending on the particular package or the layout of your crawl space. Then they basically install a a one-and-a-half inch, it's actually 1.55 inches, but an inch-and-a-half of rigid foam insulation to cover the inside of the foundation walls. And this basically encapsulates the whole area and uh, you have an envelope, so to speak, in your crawl space. The last thing that they do is seal that seal plate off. And that's important because, you know, there's a barrier between the first member of the wood and the the masonry foundation. And you can read a little further into this, but that comes into play with termites and some sort of air infiltration that may occur. One thing that that's popular is to have an exhaust to the outside. So you control the airflow by pressurizing that with a, a supply duct. And a lot of people don't want to take the chance for that, that air to end up in the first floor. So they actually run an exhaust. This does two things, uh, besides controlling the airflow. There's a, something called radon that was so popular years and years ago and you don't hear much about it anymore. But to put a radon exhaust vent, it goes under the vapor barrier and any radon that would, would make its way out of that soil would make its way out instead of into the living space. So the exhaust is pretty important. There are a lot of people who aren't fans of this and the reason why they say, well, it's going to be a humidity problem down there. And, you know, just they don't see it as being a good thing that the possibility that that, that moist air or the humidity could ch- be changed in the first floor. So in some cases, and I recommend speaking with the installer about this, some people choose to install a dehumidifier at the same time. And that's not required by any kind of code, but. If you've got a moisture problem in your basement, that may be something that's necessary for your particular case.
2: For somebody who's not sure about this, Donnie, if they've got that problem, what do they need aside from opening the door to their crawl space? What do they need to specifically look for that may indicate you need to call a pro?
3: Right. Well, they make a, a thing called a humidistat. And so, like a thermostat for humidity, kind of, uh, you can get a humidistat at Lowe's. And I tell folks to go into the crawl space, either leave the humidistat in there or get far enough into your crawl space where you'll get an accurate reading. But if that reading is anywhere around 70 percent or more, you need to make the phone call and and do something right away. But usually when there's a moisture problem in the crawl space, it comes from something outside. You know, I see a lot of people who don't have positive drainage away. And I think the building code says you have to have 10 foot of positive drainage in every direction around your house.
2: And one of uh, my neighbors talked about having a odd smell one year Mm -hmm. in his house. Right. And it wasn't because the moisture underneath was coming through the floor. The moisture had eroded his ductwork under his house, so he was getting it into the ductwork, and then the air handler pushed it all the way around through the house. So getting something like that done will just increase the longevity of things in your house, it right? It will.
3: It will. You may buy an extra few years out of the air handler, or if you have to change out your condenser unit outside for the HVAC system, then a lot of times people just... Replace the ductwork, the air handler, and everything. If your air handler and your ductwork is all in great shape, then you're going to save thousands not having to do that.
2: Yeah, and you can get more information about that. Again, thecarolinacontractor.com. And off the air, Donnie and I were talking about something else. Being a builder, you obviously have to do a lot of stuff when it comes to handicap accessibility of a house. Yes, If sir. someone there is handicapped. My father-in-law is going through this. Uh, he's a Vietnam vet. And he had a leg amputated. He recently got a prosthetic leg. He also has to have a wheelchair. He'll be moving into a new house. Now, he hasn't decided to buy an existing one and maybe retrofit it, buy an existing one that's already designed for handicap accessibility or start Uh a brand new house. You have a lot of experience with this, and we have a lot of listeners that can relate to something like this. What are some of the things about a handicapped accessible house that people may not realize it's very
3: important? several things we had uh, the luxury of of going through this process with several elderly couples and it's been a few years since we've done one of these but in my design build days we would do the blueprints for these houses and so they had their custom fingerprint of a uh, house plan as well as uh, you know everything else that was tailored to fit their particular needs but i read this week that there are approximately 50 million people who have some sort of handicap accessibility needs mm. out of those 50 million around 7 million they have a problem when it comes to bathing, dressing, just moving around. Period, and and that's a big number. They project that by twenty thirty, there'll be uh, seventy two million people who have some sort of handicap mm. accessibility needs. So the the work is going to be out there. It's just the fact that the homeowner needs to be a little bit educated on what they're what. They need personally, as well as, you know, meet a builder who's willing to to put the time into designing this to to, to fit their needs. Right. We did a really neat thing. Uh, Sometimes you have the luxury of having a slab home. And, of course, a slab is just a monolithic piece of concrete, meaning just a single piece with no breaks. And normally slab houses don't have very many steps because they have to be built on a somewhat level lot. In both of the most recent cases, we had crawl space foundations. So the way we were able to tackle that and simulate the slab is these folks came in from their attached garage every time. On the perimeter of the house portion, what we did is we dug the footings, of course, and the footings have to be somewhat level for the brick mason to fall in behind, Mm -hmm. and uh, there's always a low point and a high point um, inside that crawl space. Well, after we poured all the concrete, we poured all the piers, which are the interior foundation supports, uh, we poured all the piers at the same level, which was, at the of course, the lowest level of the grade, We came in after the concrete set up with a Bobcat, and we excavated all of that interior soil. What that did is when we did our framing system, we were able to drop that framing system down. Now, they didn't have a great crawl space to get around in, but I don't think they were worried about that. They'll just Mm -hmm. pay somebody to check it out for them. But what we did there uh, is is we dropped the crawl space floor down so that our floor system sat that much lower. And, of course, the garage slab tied into that floor system, which kept us without a single step in this particular home. And it was wheelchair-accessible. Right out of the gate, but there's a code on your floor system that girders have to have 12 inches of clearance and the girder is the member under your floor joist. So it'll be the lowest member of the framing package there. That's one thing. Uh, there are several things inside during the design process. When, when we drew these houses up, we would always give a four foot hallway, if not a five, if we had the space to do so. Uh, Three foot. Doorways are a minimum and a 36 inch door. It's a little big when you look at it, but you know, definitely gives plenty of clearance for you to get through on crutches or a wheelchair or, you know, walk or anything that you need to pass through that. There are several other things you can do. Like we, we excessively put blocking in the walls. So everywhere around the 36 inch height through the hallways, bathrooms, we put two by 12s in, not just a two by four. We put a two by 12 so you don't even have to aim and there's going to be something solid to, to screw or nail to. In those walls, and this isn't a handicap accessibility feature, but I noticed when I met with these uh, this one particular couple, every time I went to their house, their TV was just blaring. So <laughs> I picked up a hundred dollar set of speakers, and when we figured out where their TV was going to go, they had the recliners with the little lamp stand in between, and I, I ran speaker wire through the walls to the TV, and I dropped speakers. They only had an eight-foot ceiling in this particular home, but I dropped speakers right over where their recliners sat, so I eliminated that problem for whoever may have endured that as a family member. So um,
2: so Donnie is your audio and video pro. Oh, no. As well. <laughs>
3: but a handful of other things. This is all common sense stuff, but, you know, if you don't have a need to, to put a, a – child in a tub or something just go all showers throughout Mm -hmm. you know those are easier to get in and out of Uh, of course lower counters go without saying because of wheelchair accessibility Uh, lighting is something people don't take into account but lighting is really important and it doesn't cost very much more to get a few extra recessed cans dropped in a hallway just to make sure everything is easy to see and the last thing I'll say is that Choose a non-slip flooring material. You know, not everybody can get around on carpet, and uh, not everybody uh, can get around on hardwood with their particular need. But, you know, choosing a flooring material that works best for you is a really important thing.
2: Great information there, and you can get more of it at the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. Coming up next in segment two, Donnie's favorite part of the show. We're going to be taking listener questions you can submit your own. We've got a few to go over. Are you going to be ready for them, Donnie? I think so. All right, hang on. we got those questions coming up next on the Carolina Contractor Show.
1: We'll be back with more of the Carolina Contractor presented by Sure Top Roofing.
0: Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered.
1: Welcome back to The Carolina Contractor with your host, Donnie Blanchard. Brought to you by GAF Roofing. Shingles and materials. We protect what matters most.
2: A cool but beautiful Saturday afternoon. Perfect time for you to join us here on The Carolina Contractor Show. Best part of the show for Donnie and I is when listeners send you questions and we have hot off the press They're real questions because otherwise could they do this? Um, if you want to send in your questions to Donnie, contractorcom Now, I just had renovations done at my house. Uh, we've talked about this before, Donnie. I did uh, French door, bay window, siding, things like that. Yes, sir. Didn't have the spare change in my pocket. Had to get some financing. And our first question is, what finance options do we have for our roofing and
3: renovations? That this is a good one. And we get this weekly, if you can imagine, because of course, none of this stuff that we talk about can happen if you don't have the money to pay for it. And everything costs something. Uh, Building materials aren't up surprisingly this, this time of the year. And uh, they, they shot up a little last year, but everything relaxed after the hurricane work passed by. But to answer this, you know, long gone are the days of filling out a 20 page application and signing your firstborn child over to get a loan. You know, it's not like that anymore. And a lot of companies online and local banks, for that matter, have really streamlined this process. But there's a couple of things I'd like to touch on. You know, for a lot of folks, they just want to do this process online. Or if we go talk to them about a roof, they want to know something right then. Mm-hmm. And the way that they have streamlined this approval process for these folks, is just it makes our job easier. Plus, it's an easier process for the homeowner. And when you're borrowing money, there's a certain level of anxiety that goes with all the, the things that you have to fill out and the information you have to gather, it's a lot of work, a lot of legwork. So there are two online companies that uh, we work with. One is Green Sky and the other is Hearth. And they both have really good reputations and we have gotten a lot of positive feedback from those. A lot of folks they opt to go with a local bank and we uh, we have all of our business banking at Pinnacle and you know, fortunately speaking, we haven't had to take loans out for a lot of our equipment or trucks or things like that. But we uh, we reached out to our this particular loan officer at Pinnacle, and I just uh, filled it out. We were going to buy a new building for an office, and so we said, "Hey, w-, you know, what's the process for a qualification?" And this is a commercial loan, so it's a little different, but basically they have the same thing across the board. So they have something similar to what I'm about to explain in a, in a uh, a home equity loan, for instance. But mm-hmm. basically, both the home equity or commercial, they go off of stated income. So basically, you tell them what you make, and you put you know, fill out this small paper and uh, give them a few pieces of information about yourself. Uh, th- they do this loan. I want to say up to a hundred thousand dollar equity loan off of a stated income and an appraisal. So there's not a, a credit check process in this particular case. Mm-hmm. And they go sometimes, uh, depending on the dollar amount you're actually asking for, they can do what they call a drive by appraisal. So they did that for for my house because we just wanted to see, you know, what we qualify for. If we ever have an emergency, it's really nice to have that equity loan in place just so you can pull from it if need be. Well, they did the appraisal and of course we were okay on the amount of equity we had in our home. And then just like that, we've got a, a equity line just sitting there waiting for us if, if, if we ever need it. Um, same with the commercial building, you know, it took about a week to process that and they called me back and told us that we were qualified for X amount of dollars. And I was just amazed at how easy that process was.
2: When my uh, wife and I, when we did some work on our house, I didn't realize this, but there are different tax incentives depending on what you have done. Exactly. They Some run out each year, but the person we used, full disclosure here, Donnie's never done any work for my house. So, <laughs> right. we're, we're, Our guy who did the contract work said, now, some of the things you're getting done have tax incentives. Some don't. If you do some things all at once, the whole thing will be a lower tax bill. That's so, right. So we had different things done. Some of them, there was no tax break for it at all. Others, there were. So he basically had to give us multiple invoices, some reflecting the lower taxes or the tax deduction benefits.
3: I'm assuming you sent all that to your accountant and they just kind of sorted that out for what you would qualify for as a a deduction.
2: Yeah. It's not something you can do by yourself. You need some help. But there are tax incentives to having uh, renovations done to your house. Um, Now, another question we got. My roof is only 12 years old. But the shingles appear to be failing. I'm finding asphalt granules in my gutters every time it rains. So first question, the average roof lifespan is what, Donnie?
3: Well, this one being 12 years old is, is certainly not the the maxim, maximum lifespan. A three-tab shingle is typically a 20- or a 25-year shingle, uh, depending on the sun exposure, tree cover, and that sort of thing. You may not see 20 years, but 12 is definitely a bit premature. Uh, if they're breaking down at the 12-year mark, you know it tells me uh, several things. And uh, we plan to go out this week and, and take a look at, at these folks. But just told them over the phone that more than likely it's a ventilation issue. And we'll get way more into that in a, a couple of weeks. But a lot of times uh, these houses don't have adequate ventilation. And I don't know if this house is a re-roof or if that was the original construction. But uh, the square inches of ridge vent or exhaust at the top need to be equivalent to the amount of square inches of intake. For instance, when we drew a blueprint back uh, years ago for a house and we applied for the permit, the building inspections department would always make us do the ventilation calculations. And you have to show that ratio I just mentioned of square inches of intake versus exhaust. So it could be that. Um It could be just a bad shingle. So a lot of times this 12 year, if this was a new house and this roof was built, to, uh this home was built 12 years ago, then more than likely uh they got a builder grade shingle and they look beautiful when they go on. But of course, they're just. Uh, not up to, to par with what we use now, and a lot's changed in the roofing world in 12 years, but still should not be breaking down at that 12-year mark. Um, when It was interesting that they said they saw asphalt granules in their gutters. What they meant is at the bottom of the downspouts. So, of course, the gutters run around the, the fascia at the roof line, and the downspouts where the water drops is where you normally see the buildup of those asphalt granules. And uh, it was a good indicator that that something's wrong. So I encourage folks to take a, a lap around your house. And I'm, I'm saying that every week, it seems like, but it's just amazing what you'll find with a good walk around and, and a good, a good look at your house every season. But a lot of times check those splash blocks that are at the bottom of the gutters. And if your gutters are piped underground, for instance, it's usually just a piece of uh, black corrugated pipe there that you can disconnect with a screwdriver pretty mm-hmm. easily. It's always good to check what's coming out of there because otherwise you wouldn't have any idea.
2: One kind of a follow-up to this, Donnie. Um, my neighbor and I were chatting in the driveway like old men tend to do. <laughs> and he looked over at his own house, his roof, and he noticed what he said. This is how he described it. It looks like I have a eight-foot section of two-by-four pushing up. Mm-hmm. And I said it might mean the wood on your roof, the plywood, is actually sagging because it looked like a little spine going up his roof. Is that the cause? or
3: No, not necessarily, but what's going on there more than likely is there's been some sort of water penetration in that area and it just soaked into the the plywood and what that normally tells me as well is that there were no plywood clips present you know plywood shrinks and swells just like any other building product if not more and so during the framing process it's building code to have these little plywood clips that keep the plywood spaced out an eighth of an inch between each piece, so Mm. it can swell a little bit and shrink a little bit, and it'll never be affected. The old-school way of doing this is people would just carry a pocket full of eight-penny nails around, and they would drop those in between the plywood as they went and just leave them be, but it would keep the plywood spaced out forever, and you wouldn't have that problem.
2: So if you walk around your house today and you see that symptom or others, what Donnie's been talking about on your roof, let him come over and look at it. You can go to his website, suretoproofing.com. Let's address weather. We were talking about we had rain earlier this uh, week, and though we've gotten a little break from it, we're going to have more rain, we're going to have storms, and in summer in this part of the, the country, hailstorms. So what are some of the things we need to be aware of prior to hail season here in the Triangle?
3: Right. Well, I tell a lot of folks that uh, this this is something that could happen every year. So, so we've had folks in the Cary Apex area, and they're just getting pummeled with a hailstorm every year, and uh, there are... Several things that are wise to do as a responsible homeowner. I tell folks again, and I just said this about walking around the house, but what I I let everybody know is that you want to simulate what an insurance adjuster would actually look for if he comes out. And one thing they look for before they even get on the roof is something they call collateral damages. These are damages to the gutters or even the mailbox. And they'll take a piece of chalk around, and, of course, they'll check the gutter and see if there's any dimples in there. And um, I tell people, look for anything above say waist or chest height, because usually anything below that is from a lawnmower or a kid or something like that. So if you have these spots or you don't have these spots, it's good to document that. Everybody's got a camera in their pocket these days. So take, you know, five or six elevation shots around your house. Take close ups of the downspouts that lead down from the gutters. And that will show if you ever have a hailstorm that the damage was not present on March the 23rd. Mm-hmm. And it was present on, you know, say, April 15th, if we have a hailstorm on tax day. Uh, but
2: <laughs> <They laughs> We do, he, but it's a different a, type of different
3: hail. type. Right. Right. And, um, you know, we have a lot of these people. Uh, they called storm chasers for lack of a long explanation. And they do this thing called we call canvassing and it's actually illegal, but it happens a lot. And they knock on your door. They go house to house to house. And they tell folks, hey, you've got hail damage and you need to call an insurance claim in. Well, that's the wrong thing to do. Uh, Being that I had a little bit of a background in my 20s in insurance, one thing that I remembered is I would look up someone's policy information, and if they had ever had a claim, that claim followed them across each company that they had moved from and to. So a claim never leaves your record, and you don't want to file a claim if it's not warranted. Now, if you do have hail damage and it's legitimate, that's why you have insurance. Mm -hmm. So you want to avoid these storm chasers at all costs. We recommend Contacting a local roofer. Like SureTopRoofing.com.
2: That's us. Donnie, once again, thanks for coming in on Saturday afternoon, giving people
3: advice about their houses. What can we expect on next Saturday's show? Really excited about next week. We have a special guest, Ron Cook with GAF. He is the territory manager from the triad all the way to the coast. So he covers uh, all the counties in between, and he just has a lot of good information, and hopefully he can pass some of that on to everybody listening next week. So if you have questions
2: or you want more information, go to thecarolinacontractor.com, thecarolinacontractor.com. Tune in again next week. We'll be talking about your house right here on 1061 FM Talk Saturday, three o'clock. Have a great weekend.
1: Thanks for listening to The Carolina Contractor, brought to you by GAF Roofing. Shingles and materials, we protect what matters most. Submit your questions online at thecarolinacontractor.com and tune in next Saturday as we continue to help make your home great again. Everything
0: under your roof is important. So make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, Sure Top Roofing has been covering Triangle Homes and Businesses. Sure Top Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers providing a 50-year non-pro rated warranty. Suretop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureToproofing.com. Suretop Roofing has you covered.